Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm the Royal Moose Knuckle. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. Fuck. Fuck. Fuck, fuck, fucking fuck. Fuck, fucking bugger. Bugger, bugger, buggity, buggity, buggity. Fuck, fuck, arse. Yes. Balls. Balls. You see? Not a hesitation. Fuckity shit, shit, fucking willy. Willy shit and fucking tits. You know, um, if I'm a, a king, where's where's my power? Can I can I can I can I can I form a government? Can I can I levy taxes? De- declare declare war? No. And yet I am the seat of all authority. Why? Be- because the nation believes that when I speak, I speak for them. But I can't speak. Waiting for me to commence conversation. One can wait. Rather a long wait. Cue the theme song. theme song. I believe you two have met, but I don't think you know King George VI. Very nice to meet you. Doctor, forgive me. Uh, I don't have a hobby. We don't pop. And nor do we ever talk about our private life. Then she wouldn't feed me far, far away. I'm a naval officer, that's all I know. <laughs> I'm not a kick, I'm not a kick. Call me Lionel. No, I prefer Doctor. I prefer Lionel. What'll I call you? How about Bertie? Why should I waste my time listening Because to I have a right to be and I have a voice! Oh, all right. You know, if you came out with a movie in 2010 and it got nominated for some awards and you were going to be up for the best director, how'd you like to be up against Darren Aronofsky, David O. Russell, David Fincher, and the Coen brothers? Could you win Tom Hooper, the best director? Uh, yeah, he did. He did win? How's it going? The King's Speech. What did it beat? The, from the, 2010. The movies? What were the movies it be? So it was Black Swan, The Fighter, The Social Network, and True Grit. Also out that year was 127 Hours, Inception, uh, The Kids Are All Right, Toy Story 3. <laughs> quite a quite a, a few notable movies well, that year. the ones that you mentioned that were nominated for Oscars are all good movies. Yeah, the directors. Like, that, what a stellar list to be up against. And, and Tom Hooper took it for this. Really? For this movie, um, pretty stacked, as they say, uh, cast here. Colin Firth, Jeffrey Rush, Helena Bonham Carter, Guy Pearce, um, and some other um, faces you would no doubt recognize. Um, some of the typicals in, in some of these period piece movies. Um, and yeah, directed by Tom Hooper, who um, I like. don't really know of a lot of other stuff that this guy has been into. And the David Danish Siegler, um, not, not the most famous people. So... This is, um, you know, based on some uh, history. This is a historical drama. Um, and from, you know, all accounts of what you read, they, they got this movie, like, pretty right. Um, maybe, like, 75%. They, you know, the speech at the end is is edited down a little bit. And, obviously, they added more drama uh, in there in certain places. But um, mostly what you what you get is um, two hours pretty much on the nose. This movie made for 15, and it just exploded. One best picture. Uh, this year, four hundred and twenty-seven million in the box office. That's crazy for a movie like this. That's, that's a lot of money. Yeah, for isn't a it? Drama. I mean, that's what you want, though. Is 
as audiences coming over stuff like this instead of the mindless bullshit that they've been coming over lately. If you make quality like this, I think people will see it. Yeah, but I mean that at in the theater that was a big amount of money, like four hundred and some million dollars. This would usually explode on like I mean, back in the day VHS or D V D. But the yeah. fact that this um, thing could pull down that box office is insane. So think of like um the darkest hour, which was in twenty seventeen cost 30 made 150 in the box office and i'm not saying that these are exactly alike movies but just another period piece kind of having the war as a backdrop you know this is more of a character piece than churchillian um, i don't know maybe they're not that 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 different um historical drama war drama whatever you want to call it but anyway um this movie is quite quite huge um mostly because i think when I remember um, seeing stuff about this movie come out, it just, they made everything seem like very pleasant. I, I, the look of this movie, it's so goddamn clean and in a realistic way. It's like very nice to watch. Um, all the rooms and the scenes are very big and there's tons of space to breathe typically. Um, one thing in particular that I really thought was cool was that the, the movie opened with the enemy. The first thing you see is the microphone. Um which is you know what he's um, what they make him out to be very terrified of the speaking um so i thought it was really cool to open with the villain of the movie uh, as the first thing we see that is very um, interesting there's a lot of attention to detail like that um in this movie and it just all it, it's if you look carefully right it's not big and expansive even when um guy pierce is landing the plane in the field there's like not a lot there in terms of infrastructure so it seems like they were able to like really um capture things to make it feel big in a in a in a small and compact way because you're usually in a home in a palace uh in the therapy room um there's a few outside shots but those aren't big and expansive either so um yeah they, they were able to capture the look and feel of this really really well i thought the thing though that the big thing in this movie that it does that is probably why audiences loved it so much and what all the great movies have is it has a massive arc of the main character yeah. He is like this guy is beaten down when he when he discusses his childhood. It's it, it's heartbreaking and devastating what what not only his his family and siblings and parents did, but what the nannies and shit did to this guy. Like everyone sensed weakness and just jumped on him. So yeah. for him to like to like come back from that and like be able to like become the king and speak and have that voice. It's a huge arc. Who doesn't fucking not, want to watch not just that like go through that? Not just that. The guy has the resolve to still see um, the importance of holding the office, right? Yeah. Like, he even at one point says, we're not a family, we're a firm, right? Like, yeah. he is he is bound by duty in such, like, a, an amazing way where everyone in the family tells him he's garbage, treats him like garbage, um, and he still is bigger picture guy, uh, puts, uh, still, you know, the interests of the country, the country in front of himself. himself. Yeah. And it's I mean, that's why it's, it's, I mean, and that's such a thick, thick theme from the TV show, the crown, everybody in the family has to understand that it's about sacrificing and yeah. you're doing your duty. It's not about you. Whereas his brother in this movie, as well as in the crown, was all about himself. He wanted to. He was in love with this woman. He wanted to marry her. Fuck everything else. Fuck duty. 
He wants what he wants. He he wants to do what he wants to do. It's all about ego. And so it was a that's a great contrast to this story too. And also it's the real story of what happened. Yeah, like like I said, tweaked for a bit more drama and punch, but not in an offensive way at all. Like this dude no, definitely and the stammered. He definitely had too. issues. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. got to have some some good drama, but but I like the way that they punched it up and sped it along to to show that the Duke of York, Prince Albert, um, is the second son of a king, um, and King George the fifth uh, starts going a little loopy. So his son David has to step in, uh, but unfortunately, David is in love with a woman who's not of the royal. Approved list. Well, and she's divorced. <laughs> I think two times divorced. She had been married yeah. twice before. Yeah, and, and German apparently was banging somebody else. Like, yeah, during it was they all they said rumored, but I wonder what the actual truth of it is. But anyway, uh, so he doesn't want to be king. He abdicates the throne to his brother, who just so happens to have a little bit of a problem with public speaking and confidence in himself because he's had a a rough life. Um, but. He's got to face up to it, so he's going to be king. He's going to make some speeches. It's World War II getting underway. Um, so there's your exciting backdrop. We follow um, Albert Aranasi. Did you mention a king. stammer? St- I said he had a, a speech. I guess he has a stammer. Yes, sorry, and I left they, out they a major character, st- Lionel. Well, they they call and it he, stammer in the movie, but now they would call it a speech impediment, I would assume. Or a stutter. This is the discount synopsis. Okay, I'll give you the full one. Then he meets Lionel, um, who's a, a, a <laughs> I speech expert. I thought the stutter expert. was the important part. I, it was. It kind of was, and I totally glazed over. I just went with the historical <laughs> facts. Um, so, yeah, Lionel helps him with a stutter, and he gets better. So, your, there you go. The synopsis <laughs> was, this guy's kind of depressed, but he decides to give a speech anyways. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he goes from being sad He's had a to hard sad life. with a speech. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, correct. there, there you go. Now you got the full leaded, all the facts of the movie in but, place. But Helena Bonham Carter's in it. Hey, they, they also do a really good job of slowly revealing over time um, where his stammer comes from, and and uh, he's very reluctant at first to talk about his family and his history, and he yeah, abso- how he, he's not reluctant. He absolutely says that that's off the table. He's not going to do that. Yeah. I, so I want like uh, one thing to ask right out of the gate. Um, I really like Jeffrey Rush as an actor. I think he's insanely capable. Um, I I really dig his character in this and how they wrote him to be opposite the king. Like that that confidence he has to have yeah. that he carries through the whole movie. And he has, um, he does does he ha- he doesn't have anywhere near as big an arc because. While he does overstep his bounds with the king, it's not like he learns a huge lesson that changes the rest of his life. But but no, he definitely walks out like better at the end. Yeah, he is the teacher. But that he was able to get through to the student um, was his like win in this yeah, uh, and create like agreed. a long lasting friendship. He, so it's it's yeah. really satisfying. And the way that Jeffrey like just the way his confidence has to be like when he sits in the in the chair at the inauguration testing after the king is ripping a strip off him and you think that whole scene is going in a sad way where they're going to have more conflict than they can handle and all of a sudden he's just sitting all cash in the chair because he's like this is all bullshit like everything you're saying I can help you <laughs> but I, and he but convinces him it, it's great but he's doing it once again he, he everything he does from the beginning of the movie calling him birdie 
Yeah. A lot of the ways he treats him and stuff. Uh, the the whole thing with the betting. He he's getting under his skin, and he yep. he's, it's all intentional. And so when that was what was so big about when he sits in the throne, because that's that's the moment where it could have gone wrong for his character, the king. Yep. If he would have listened to his advisors, but Jeffrey Rush is so comfortable with yeah. his life that he he does ne- he never takes it personally what he's saying. He. He's yeah. he's comfortable with himself. He he wanted to be an actor. He never became an actor. He's not a doctor. He never said Do you he know was what? a doctor. He does this for a living. Yep. It's, he's passionate about it. But and he it never works, apologizes. right? He's helping people. Yeah. yeah. And he never apologizes to him for... He never lied to him. He never called himself a doctor. He's not listed as a doctor. All of that was put on him. He never dissuaded him, but... Yeah, no, it's they and they they confront that directly too in the movie because I watch it carefully. You watch it carefully if you're watching this on multiple views because there's a a slip up where I think the king calls him doctor and he instantly corrects him um, by saying Lionel. I think is how he corrects he, it. So he, he could have said, he, I, "Oh, I'm not a doctor." Like yeah, he but just he, says, does, he Don't doesn't. Call but, me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, they, I love it that they confront that so openly, and and he's like, like you could have said, and I, I presumed, and you were the king is like very direct on that part. He's like, you never made a mistake. You did this, and I, I just glazed over it. And he was kind of spitting. He was seeing um, hot needles at that point. The king was, but yeah, that's a great scene. I mean, once again, that's where it's all going to come to a head. That's why the way he <laughs> acts, his confidence and his, once again, pushing the king by sitting in the throne. Yeah. The only people who've ever sat in that chair, the only people <laughs> whose asses have ever touched those that seat is royalty. And he's sitting yeah. in it with his feet up. <laughs> it's know, the best. The, the, when like, the king turns around, he's like disgusted. It's so yeah. brazen, and he's like people. Yeah. He's like people even call their really names. Mad. He's like people even call their names into this. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's so cash. And then I love after they make up, and he like just walks through the rest of the ceremony. He's like, then you say some rubbish, 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 and blah blah blah. Like yeah. Jeffrey Rush is, um, is like a huge part of why Colin Firth won the Oscar for this. Um, Jeffrey Rush was nominated for this too, um, but he lost to um. The fighter. Um, oh, Bale? Bale. Bale yeah. and the fighter. Yeah. Tough one. That's just a tough one. It's hard to pick, right? Because they both do such a good job. Um, and the the lightness that Lionel brings to this movie is like well-tempered against the rest of the stress of the king's life. Um, I also, I really appreciated that when the king starts his sessions with Lionel, he starts to improve in their workshopping together. But when he goes out to the speech at one of the factories, he's still fucking awful. Um, and that really made me pay attention to the music in this movie um, because um, there are some classical pieces in this that you'll recognize that work very well, obviously, whenever you're doing anything in the royal family um, or around that. If you have like some classical Mozart and and, um, and songs like that, it's going to fit. Um, but what I really liked about this movie was in the opening scene, um, the music is so bad, uh, not bad. Sorry. The music is so, um, down because he's like just cracking in the opening scene at that speech with the microphone reverberating. Like it's so hard to watch that scene. So you instantly feel sympathy for this guy cause he's, he's trying his best. Um, but in the later scene when he does that second speech at the factory and, and it's like starting to fail, 
And although there's like the darting eyes, it's also sort of intercut with him working hard to get better. And the music's a little more hopeful. So you feel like he's making progress, even if he's still fucking up. Um, And I love that progression that it makes you feel that it's taking him that time. The use of the montage in that whole scene is actually one of the better montages I can think of ever. Yeah. They do a great job, too, of building up to it because throughout the movie you see him have successes but also continue to struggle over and over again time and time again so at the ending when he is about i mean they even do it up till when he goes into the room he's struggling before he even goes into the room at the end like he's struggling and he's singing and swearing and he can't get it and he has he has to figure out about how to say people and so like when he goes in there you don't know how it's going to turn out you do not know even having seen it before i was i was still concerned about how it was gonna go but it's been a while since i'd seen it they do a really good job of keeping up the stakes and the drama the tension is there right you you know how important it is and even if you don't buy into how important the speech is to the country you buy into how important it is for him yeah and yeah that is everything because at no point in the movie are either of these guys unlikable yeah uh and it's fucking awesome their relationship their chemistry like how great man yeah i know it's insane it's insanely good the structure is really really smart too they do a great job in the beginning of the movie um where he walks out on him and says he's not going to come back and he gives him the record to listen to. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things that people do is the debate. Um, you gotta have him go home and then like he comes to a realization and then he comes around and they do it. They do that in a really unique way with the record and then with the music again, right? Another great use of music where he's listening and you can sort of hear his words, but then Lionel turns it up. And if you listen close to he does really well, you can hear him do well. But somehow, even though you kind of get the sense that maybe he did well, um, I still got goosebumps when he listened to the record, especially then fucking Helena Bonham Carter walks in. She fucking sells it because she's amazing in this movie. This is maybe the best thing she's ever done. It's so funny, too. And that's saying something. She plays this character in this movie, but she also in The Crown plays Margaret. Yeah. which is the queen's daughter so like yeah. she she's like this tom harper guy must love her that he oh i don't know no if wonder. he's involved with the crown maybe oh, he's i don't not. know but no wonder i mean she she kills it like so she, she's so good in the crown too is margaret like she's amazing in, in that character oh yeah she's good yeah. in everything she does though i think i can't think uh, of a bad bond no. carter performance She's even good in the Harry Potter stuff because she's like the one character you believe is completely evil. That's yeah. the thing. When you buy, like with a good enough actor will make you buy into the movie. That's why like you watch movies sometimes that are just fucking atrocious stories yeah. and scripts, but you have a good enough guy like a Tom Cruise, uh, someone with the charisma or the talent yep. to pull it together. Yeah. I mean, this movie, fuck, the script could have been bad and these two could probably make this movie turn out. Yeah. You feel like they have the scene with uh, where the king walks in and um, they're about to go out to some kind of a dinner. He's in his penguin suit. He does the penguin story. That's so fucking charming and like just solidifies. Like if I was like 90% in Colin Firth's corner at that point, like as soon as that scene happened, I'm like, I'm 200% in his corner now because 
like this movie in order for this movie to be successful it's got to make you understand how deeply this weighs on him the righteousness of like being king and he fucking feels like he if he has no voice he can't he can't talk to his people and and lead them you that's mean like his it. a people a people right and oh man so like you really i really ended up feeling that at the end that maybe maybe england would have prevailed even if he had a stuttered through the speech but for him and for everybody in that family and for like everybody else that gets screen time like you can tell how important this stuff is um the dude <laughs> the dude who plays churchill in this fucking yeah. kills it as churchill i, I love his churchill. That guy's name he's from he's um, from a bunch of shit yeah, he is from. Um, they I'm gonna find. It's Timothy Spall. Of course, it man. is. Yeah, Timothy Spall, because he's from um, the Samurai. Last Samurai, also yes. Harry Potter movies, Fuck. is the, I was trying the rat to think guy. About it, um, could not place him. Yeah, like, but, but he like his his Churchill is like devastatingly good. Out of speech impediment of my own, I did. Yes, I thought he crushed it too. So like, he's a, just a nice little addition. Guy Pierce does like super well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like Guy Pierce plays a Brit, uh, Britain Eve Best plays an American, and Jennifer Eel plays an Australian. So they're, <laughs> they're all swapping all over the place. Um, yeah, like, so this movie was nominated for 12 Oscars. So, like, is it any surprise there's some gushing to be done about it? Um, but, you know, no. you can use Titanic as an example. Um of why like Oscar nominations don't exactly equal a, a good movie. But I got to say, I don't know where I guess we're a ways into this podcast. I fucking love this movie. How is this not a top 10 movie? Like, t- let, is it like, tell me about what's not good about this. I don't think I would cut a single scene because I like everyone chews it up. It's all we feel. Yeah, so always this is where I disagree with you a little bit. There's uh, I, I would, I would, I'd probably trim like 15 or 20 minutes off this movie. There's a lot. We we get too much into seeing him and his brother. I don't know if there's. I don't know if there's fifteen or twenty. Uh, Ten maybe. To just there's a there's some stuff that that they cover that that feels like it's a little bit too long. Um, section certain sections. I, I just feel like they could have gotten to it a little bit sooner. Not at once yeah. again. None of it's bad, but like I just think that tighter. If this movie was tighter, it would be better. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't feel it at all. I, I mean, the more. material this is, is just, also good. All the scenes are great. I just would have either cut, cut out a section or, yeah. or there's, there's, trimmed them down. There's three or four scenes in this movie. The end, um, when he's listening to the record, there's got to be one or two other times that I get chills when I watch this movie because they just do such a good job of setting things up, getting the conflict out there, and then getting the payoff. Like the the One of the funniest things is that in the final scene as he's doing his prep for the speech, he's like saying the speech and he's like, but he's also singing it and doing his other thing. And then he like repeats it, but he's like so great at delivering it for real. And you've been so invested to hear how he does that when he does it, it like, it just goes straight down my spine, especially like he's, his daughter tells him, Elizabeth actually told him um, afterwards, like a little rough at the start, but then you nailed it. And he fucking did. And it carried like it just carried a huge weight with me. So like that they were able to get me that invested in these characters 
and support it with like the good acting it's got. It's yeah, it, it's just nothing, nothing stands out. I'm sure you could take a scene or two out and the movie would still hit really well. I just, I don't know what those it's, would be. It's just the stuff with his brother and, um, and his family. They have a lot of that. And, uh, it's way more powerful when he talks about it in the, with him and the, uh, him and Jeffrey Rush when he explains what happened to him that you don't need so much of his brother and treating him like shit and, and his father treating him like shit. We get it. We, uh, that's the stuff that I would just trim back on and, and, uh, get to the point of him having to become King sooner than like dangling it and, you know, and, and him being worried about it. Fair Um, enough. But yeah, that's all. Those are the things I would get rid of. And once again, none of them are the act. The writing is good. The acting is good. The music is good. The cinematography is good. I would just take some of that shit out. Yeah. It's weird that this is the guy that did Cats. Yeah. Yeah. The one where they took out the buttholes. Yeah. They took out the buttholes? I well, they had them in the first feels, place. It, yeah, well, that's, it feels <laughs> like that's not true but i think it is i didn't know anything about these buttholes dude if there's one thing that this guy likes it's a good butthole on a cat cat butthole <laughs> cat buttholes man yep yep um like what else like i don't know anything else about this movie stand out like i think i think Collins right some like? of the stuff some of the stuff with the king is my least favorite. Maybe it's partially because I don't like seeing Firth being treated like crap and I know the pressure is on him, but maybe you need it too to, to like really add the menace and the driver behind why he is the way it is. Like I, I would get it for sure without some of those scenes. Um, I don't know exactly if I feel they hit harder because they're in there. That's I mean, obviously that's why they ended in the final cut here, but. Yeah, it's not all, it's not a super long movie. I mean, this uh, two hours and 10 minutes for something like this, I think is fine. Yeah. I, yeah, like yeah. At the end of the day, um, it, it's uh, like, is there anything anyone didn't like? Is there like one thing in this that no one, uh, is there anything? It's <laughs> goddamn hard to criticize this movie because the, the directing is great. Like John said, the, the whole like um, setting is fucking material. Like it's, it, it feels like you're there in the right place. The music, the atmosphere, like the acting obviously is sublime. It's really hard to find a hole in this because like John said, even though you and I think that there's maybe some cuts to be made, this movie's a fucking joy. And it's weird that it is because it's a movie about a stuttering dude that wants to give a speech and this guy helps him not stutter anymore. Yeah. Weird to make that fucking make uh, two hours feel uh pleasure though though it's the conflict though because there's such a conflict between him and uh and lionel him and lionel are like yeah always at odds with each other um it's great in the moments when they're not when when the king does come over for that drink and they sit in the chairs i mean that scene is so good because they've been they've been such adversaries for so long that to see them just sit and and have share honest moments together yeah um, that, that scene n- starts silent yeah and then the the just the violin comes in the really sad violin while the king does a story something about and i don't like this hit me extra hard it's another scene that gave me chills is that the king had to sing the abuse that was done to him cuz he couldn't say it 
that's for some reason uh, made that hit even harder. And like with the music and everything else, and Jeffrey Rush is like not judging or anything. He's just being there in presence. So well, every time do you it remember the lines him, he had to sing? Um, uh, and she wouldn't feed me for a week. Yeah, I do yeah. remember that. Yeah, like it's it's so horrible. I don't know something about that. It, like the combination of things made it hit twice as hard as if that was just that he had to say that he was not fed for a week because he, yeah, I mean, yeah, because damn, he had to sing it because it was so difficult for him to get out that that was the only way as he had used the trick. royals are so fucked man did you know that like the queen elizabeth had like two sisters that were like hidden or a sister that was like hidden away in yeah. a fucking facility and disowned because they were handicapped yeah, yeah and well, that's, that's not e- and that's not even the fucking only story like that i've heard about that royal family that's a whole well, so this there's one, a whole they have episode a, he has a brother the, there's a whole episode of the crown that deals with yeah. that and then is they there? find out the books they find out on the books that there's a bunch of others as well like you yeah. just said yeah there's a so news story crazy, or something that gets man. released and in this they talk about their brother who just wasn't quite right and ended up dying but was very much hidden away so yeah like if you're not perfect and coming out the other end it's pretty well documented you're going to be just cast aside um, by it's these true. sick fucks by these sick fucks and I mean like you know now from watching all these shows recently like Game of Thrones blah 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 uh, and any of the real life stuff like the best king or queen is going to be the person who doesn't want it um, and you're smart to write your characters that way um, if they're going to end up being in the big seat and it's um, yeah they, they make the stakes real big around that which which just makes it hit real real nice yeah true true there's no effing about it. No, sir. Yeah, and um, I do love his relationship with his daughters that, like you had mentioned earlier when he tells them this story, uh, he's a good dad and he loves his kids and and uh, that's always, always makes someone feel more genuine. And that's uh, a, He does feel like a good man. Yeah, yeah. They, they'd have to hit that. They have to hit that so that you want him to be king. Because yeah. there's not many other characters that it doesn't feel like, oh, it's just like coming to him. Oh, what an honor. Like he just gets it like laid in his lap. But it doesn't feel like it with this. He he tried not to have it. He tried everything he could to not let that happen. And then when it did happen, he didn't back away or run away. He faced it. Uh, and it just it makes you like proud of him. Like you're just like, yeah, man. And fuck he, yeah. He's also a good man, but he doesn't he doesn't feel like he's a good man. He doesn't feel good about himself. Yeah. So that's like always so overwhelming with a character when you can see how good they are and they can't. Yeah. That that just always feels so realistic. I think we all feel that way sometimes. People see us better than we are. Yeah, I'd say that's, that's true most of the time. That's great. I think that's uh, great storytelling. I really like the extra time too spent with Jeffrey Rush and his family. Like before that big scene with him at the King and his place, he's mucking about with his kids. And they want him. One of them's like, "Do uh, do shakes, Dad, or something like." That. I think that's his shorthand for do for doing Shakespeare. And he goes off and does it. And then when he comes in to do the Othello performance for his kids, he's actually really, really good. Which like makes you think that when he did his rehearsal, he was just like nervous and kind of blew at him as not going to get it. Not because he's a good actor or not a good actor, because that group is just you know super particular about what they want. I thought he did a great performance of it with his kids. And then he was so passionate when his son finished the line and how he corrects him. He's like, I don't know, that just made me like him 10 times more for being so passionate about that. I, I forget which one you said it earlier, but he seems very satisfied with his life. Um, 
And so that's what makes him a great coach is because he's not left wanting for other things. He's like super pleased with his family and, and that he likes a Shakespeare. And I think um, the important word for him is confident. Like, yeah, despite the fact that he could be in a better place um, career wise, he could be doing things that were more in line with his dreams. Um, yeah. And despite the fact that his family kind of seemed to judge his acting shit at the beginning. Yeah. Um, he holds strong. He's also yeah. a very good man. And and he is a man, um, is, he has a strong constitution and he has a confident way to approach life and, and people around him, which, which is what enables him to sit in the throne and yeah. fucking, um, that's what makes him such the perfect guy for this, right? Yeah. Frequently no. you see that it's, well, it's that, it's that whole idea of, um, you know, sometimes, well, it's that Rolling Stones song, you know, sometimes you get what you need, you right? Can. Oh, yeah. You can, you get what you want. Yeah. yeah. You can always get what you want, but sometimes you get what you need. Yeah, yeah. I don't actually like the Stones. I know that they <laughs> sang it, but I couldn't remember the line. I Thank couldn't you. tell. He also, he also, he also uh, uh, nailed it. Yep. Oh, damn it. I was going to say he also feels, I lost it. He I feels lost it a lot. In the songs. Oh, and the song stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I love that Jeffrey Rush gets to tell a bit of his backstory, even though it's a, it has to be explained a log, but that he treated veterans of of the uh, a, a war in Australia, I think it was he was talking about. Maybe yeah. Gallipoli or something like that, which I only know from the Mel Gibson movie, which I can't think of the name of. Anyway, oh, oh I think it's called Gallipoli. Gallipoli. Yeah, well, it's there you Gallipoli. go. He, <laughs> he, he also never, he also Whoops. never betrayed his oath even though he's not he doesn't even uh, actually he's not even a doctor no so he's he not. doesn't have an oath oath to not tell his wife who he's treating he has yeah. no such oath but he yeah. never told her yeah not once did he let and, it slip that he was and the treating whole scene, that guy the whole scene where they meet is like so charming at a time in the movie it just does such a brilliant job of injecting the lightness and the humor that gets you like laughing out loud because you're just so enthralled in the charmingness of the fucking people on screen. God damn it. It's so great. How long, how long, how long does it take you guys to tell Nat and uh, Hillary that you're, you're hanging out with the king? <laughs> yeah. How long? An I, hour? I, if I had Would his you, like, job, text I, I'd as soon hide as you it. left the king? Nah. You have to, <laughs> you have to respect the profession, man. You got, if you're in a, that position, you got to keep it a secret. Come on, Dude, Brent. I, you're telling Hills. Are you kidding? You know me. I'd fucking have a lockbox. She wouldn't find out. <laughs> John, you all would think either. I was having long masturbation sessions, but that's really, it. the king's been over. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, I really like um, uh, Queen Elizabeth's, uh, all the scenes where she has to tell people what to call her. At first, it's this, then it's this, and then, then ma'am, like pan not mum like bum or whatever the fuck she says which is just yeah. hilarious and charming but she has to do that a few times and she's like she's like so over it at times she's like no do this not this okay good what if i was uh what if my husband was the duke of york <laughs> like that uh, that whole thing where she meets lionel for the first time too another great thing about this movie is it cooks there's like it does slow down to really get into the character stuff but through the first like 20 minutes of this movie it is just blazingly fast one scene to the next I think Nat was getting really sick of watching this with me because um, I just kept saying like, oh, that's great. We learned this about this character and then we moved on. Oh, now we're here. We didn't have to see like why they did this or why they did this. We're here and it moved on. And then this happens and then we're next scene and then we're going and we're going. I'm like, fuck yes. 
it like makes me excited to watch a movie that can keep that energy without being overwhelming. Like this is a slow um, piece, right? Like there's not a lot of action in this, but a lot of things happen and, and they just happen at a great or really great cadence. You need, um, you need that to keep moving, especially in a dialogue driven drama because yep. it's so easy to get stagnant in a in a film like this but when they do clip it along well and then when the characters do have that good chemistry and that good conflict yeah um that's you know like colin always says that tension but the tension um and everything about that just works so like it's like a perfect fucking harmony of balance yeah yep are you guys uh i mean what are we gonna do masturbate about this some more you guys want to call it (laughs) I'm 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 fine to do it because like the, just pick an element of this movie and I'll say it's fucking amazing. It's great. That's what I mean. At this it's a point, ma- it's like- a masterclass. I mean, I've already said it halfway through the goddamn episode. This movie more than holds up. This is one of my favorite movies now. I could rewatch this endlessly because it's everybody's so good. Pay attention to a different actor or actress in this movie all the way through, and everyone will blow you away. Especially How did Nat the, feel the though, by one. the end of the movie? Did Nat enjoy the movie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so and, and friend of the pod, Mike, who's suffering with COVID right now. My Sorry, bro, Mike. Um, Shout out, man. Not seen this movie, so I told him this is the episode to like gear up and go. And while you're recovering from COVID, like throw this on. And also, I'm watching Cowboy Bebop for the first time. Not the new movie because I hear that's trash, but the the animated series, the anime on uh, oh, Netflix. Nice. It's fucking really good too. Um, but anyway, look, I want to say a really quick shout out to Mike. Mike, I hope you're feeling better. We love you. And sorry (laughs) about your football team this weekend. (laughs) Oh no. What happened to his team? Harsh. They're going to fucking lose, (laughs) baby. (laughs) Woo! Clown babies for life. Oh my God. I want to also say that (laughs) Mike's performance in, uh, John, what was the movie called? Uh, Edge of Boysdale. Edge of Boysdale was fantastic. Uh, yeah, I agreed. I thought you and John in some of those scenes were great. I, I've S- never got serious to see it directly, but <laughs> there's some there's some great scenes in there between you guys. We'll, the Edge we'll of Boysdale, it holds up. Yeah, Mike's the star of that. Let's be honest. Mike is the star of that. Yeah, yeah. Should have stole the show. Way. Stole the show. Yep. God damn. My Mike. one-liners are Fucking clutch, though. Actor. Oh no, you guys are good they stuff are. too. You yeah. guys' chemistry is uh, is unmistakable. It's like you guys spent a lifetime together. We must be related. We must be. But related. anyways, get well soon, buddy. Yeah. 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 Enjoy and the also, King's speech. I think this movie holds up. Nice. Fucking Colin Firth, not a sexy man, but a man, and I'll watch <laughs> him do things. Right, <laughs> Jeffrey Rush. Come on. Also not sexy, but somehow also not sexy. sexy. <laughs> Less sexy than Firth. Uh, more sexy than uh, Buscemi. All right. But yep. uh, yeah, King's Speech, who can go fucking wrong with uh, royalty, incest, drama, Jeffrey Rush, Bonham Carter, put it in you, don't get COVID. Yeah, there's not much incest oh. in this, though, just to be clear. I'll just no, just the character. Not about the after Brent's uh, <laughs> thing, I think I'll just say it holds up. Right on. Brent said I don't think there's all. anything else that needs to be said. He said everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Th- I got this excited. Movie, this movie got 12, in there. 12 Oscar nods, <laughs> um, 
and like well deserved for best picture um sad that bonham carter who lost to black swan um uh what's her name media kunis <sighs> natalie portman oh oh the yeah, portman. got her for best actress no, that's not right. Melissa Leo for The Fighter, the yeah, mother from The Fighter. She beat, She's yeah. amazing in The Fighter. Yeah, she was pretty good. I don't know if she deserved it over Helen Bottom Carter, but she's pretty oh, good. It's just, it maybe, it's, be uh, it's, it's because Helen Bottom Carter's role in this would be understated, but it's, she just, her face tells such a story of when she's supporting her husband, when she's concerned for him, and then she pulls it together and has complete confidence in other situations. It's just, it's perfect. She crushed it. You're a great, uh, great uh, Bonham Carter. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so now it's time for a big surprise and I hope I'm not catching him off guard, but next week is someone's boyth day. His dun, name is dun, Brent. Dun. He's got a sick mustache and soul patch right now. Shit, Fucking yeah, sick. New living room set up for dudes, uh, prostates and shit. Nice. Um, okay. tell us Brent, what movie we're going to be reviewing next week. Okay, so here's the thing. I got and I got it down to four. Okay. Right? What? You guys want to hear these four? Yeah, tell us. Can you do it in three? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Can I ask you? I think we've done No Country for Old Men, right? No. Yeah, I okay. think we did. Did we? Yeah. I thought we did too. Okay. Pretty sure. Okay. Okay, <clears throat> so my ideas, coincidentally, are Black Swan. Okay. Miller's Crossing. Yep. And, um, oh, God damn, I lost the other one. Well, that oh, brings no, it down it to two. It's right in my it? head. Uh, Blue Velvet. Oh, Blue Velvet's oh my, my vote then. <laughs> John, Absolutely. do you have a vote? <laughs> he put his disease in me. <laughs> Blue Velvet's fucking crazy me. messed up. Uh, not we David Cronenberg, David Lynch. That could work, though. David, David Lynch. Lynch. Yeah. Uh, I think, and Dennis right. Hopper, right? All right, Dennis yeah. Hopper stars. I'm not sure how popular the episode will be with the crowd out there, but fuck it anyway. Blue Velvet. Well, that's why Let's I was thinking it. about Black Blue Swan. Velvet. No, no, Blue it's Velvet. Gotta be, then it's got to be Blue Velvet. All right, that's my perfect birthday movie. Uh, I I like it's his good. other. Oh yeah, no, yeah, we gotta, and then we gotta. Uh, we'll announce next week after we get Blue Velvet into you. Watch that one. Get ready with your fucking nitrous inhalers um, and crazy women who want semen inside them. Um, we're going to announce the December lineup. Boom. And we yeah. got to like, really think about that one. Cause are we going to go like all hardcore Christmas movies uh, mm. all month? Or are we going to do some movies leading up to it and just really hit around then? And then the, always the big question, what new year's movie can we possibly come up with? Cause yeah. after strange days, there's really not much else. How is that fucking possible? I don't know. Then there we'll you go. You, we need a movie about new year's. every year. Yep. Yeah, sucks for, for movies. We struggle for you, but I'm keeping those other two that Brent mentioned on our list: Miller's Crossing and Black Swan, because they're both um, exciting movies to have in consideration. As well as Colin had thrown out the game, so these are some of the ones we're considering going forward. Um, you can't really go wrong. There's just a couple of movies to choose from. I think we'll be doing this forever. I didn't like the nudity. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look, folks, uh, this has been tons and tons of fun. Uh, definitely check out The King's Speech if you haven't seen it. Uh, what's wrong with you? Go get it. Um, not many movies get nominated and landslide Oscars like that. So you got to see those certain ones. 
for our own part, we'll be back with more craziness next week with Blue Velvet. Um, and we really appreciate uh, all the support. Hugs and kisses. Send it out again to Mike. Feel better. And um, there you go. Like, nice big wet ones. Uh, so, folks, uh, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. And as always, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.